You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Oh, son of Coach Charlie, drives an 87 Harley, sells gasoline and watch you drink 8 to 3 a.m. Got a tattoo for the core, and ex-wife number four. Humming along, schooling you on the songs on his station. He could be another one cussing the government, nobody smiles. Got a hundred reasons not to, but he's the poster child for happy is, as happy does. Grab a six string, find a rope swing, hang a palm tree in your truck, drink a beer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 81 of 2510. We are now officially done with the first round of the NHL playoffs. On to the second. Uh, This is going to be our little preview matchup. This, that, the other. Benny, what up? The hot dog episode, I guess. We should be having hot dogs for dinner tonight in honor of Phil Kessel for episode 81. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I know you picked against the Bruins. They went in the first round against Carolina. They pretty much handled business quicker than many people expected. So um, I'm sure you've been living a high life the last few days. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what my prediction is at the end of this and see if uh, it, it sways you a different way. <laughs> but uh, never, ever get your hot dogs boiled it like boiled hot dogs out like you got you got to grill them they got to be all beef too like none of that mix like the chicken pork and beef no no like 100 percent beef unboiled on the grill all right let's start it off top two hot dog brands ah see like that's the other like too like i'm not a really big hot dog guy so i'd probably just say like um uh, what's the normal one the all beef one uh the the park one i don't even know the Nathans? No, not even Nathans. I know Nathans. Like I know Sabret. Nathans are good. Pearls are good. Sabret? No, I don't even know that one. Oh, are you talking about Ballpark Franks? Bro, yeah, Ballpark Franks. Just like okay, all beef yeah. Ballpark Frank. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm not a big hot dog guy. Just okay. I I get sick if they're the mixed ones, so I try to stay away from them. And then it's like you ask people at barbecues. And you're like, are these all beef? And they're like, yeah, of course they are. And you're like, and they're not. Yeah, and it's like, and I tell them, I'm like, okay, well, if you lie to me, I can <laughs> guarantee you that within half hour max, I, I will be shitting all over your walls. <laughs> I, yeah, like I will vomit all outside of here. So it's like that's the reason why I ask. And I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm sure I eat a whole bunch of worse shit than fucking chicken beef and pork mm. hot dogs. But for whatever reason, me and them just don't get along. So I stay away. That's all. Okay. Well, I mean, since we're on the subject of uh, puking up some food here, I found out by listening to NPR and confirmation by the First Lady that a lot of restaurants that say they're, they have fried calamari on the menu, it's not calamari, it's pig anus. So there you go. Oh, I actually thought it was uh, children's foreskin. Like the, what they do <laughs> like when they circumcise the kids, they just throw them in the deep fryer. That's and goes. That's where it goes. I mean, it got to go somewhere. They just don't throw it out. <laughs> Everybody loves a nice calamari. Eh? <laughs> I mean, that's a great segue into the predictions. I think so. Yeah, I guess we'll start out west like we usually do. Talking about pig anus, let's start out west. <laughs> yeah, p- pig anus. I heard it's actually a delicacy in Vegas where you can find anything you want. So we'll start there. We have the Vancouver Canucks against the Vegas Golden Knights. 
where do you see it going, Benny? Which side are you on? And uh, how many games? So I didn't even have Vancouver making it this far. They utterly dominated the St. Louis Blues in the second in the first round of the playoffs. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, frustration in the Blues organization. They said they look like a junior team in a loss to Canucks. I think you got to give a lot of the credit to just the maturation of the Vancouver Canucks as a team on the ice. Um, I feel like a lot of people have taken this as a trendy pick after having an upset of the Blues fresh in their minds. They look at Vegas and like, why can't they do it against Vegas uh, as well? The issue is, at least in my mind, Vegas hasn't been struggling since we came back, uh, either through the exhibition round robin and the first round of the playoffs. They've just been handling business. The best player on either team is on Vegas, uh, Mark Stone. I know that you have guys like Bo Horad and Pedersen that are up and coming. I just, I think it's going to be one of the tougher tests that the Golden Knights go through. I don't think it's going to be a five-game series. I could see it going seven, uh, but I'm just going to go Vegas in six just because they have a little bit more experience in their end, which bit me in the ass in my prediction for the Blues. I'm just leaning towards better goaltending, uh, with Rob Leonard and sometimes Marc-Andre Fleury in goal, uh, and just that they've been firing all cylinders since they came back, and it's kind of a different animal than a Blues uh, situation. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Vegas looks, I don't want to say unstoppable, because that, that's like the uh, the nail in the coffin there, yep. but Vegas looks incredible. Uh, they have it rolling on all cylinders. Like you said, the two-headed monster in net from the back end coming forward, I mean, they got goals in that first series just at ease. Like, like yep. they made it look simple. And I liked Vancouver. I picked Vancouver to make the playoffs this year. I mean, granted, it was a different caliber, so they wouldn't have made it in the normal format, but we'll take it. They're this far in. I do think this is a great learning curve, though, for the Canucks. I mean, hard to say going into next year that these guys are going to be iffy. They have a very young team. And now they have playoff experience. And I know this is already me writing them off to, towards next year, but can you imagine if they beat fucking Vegas? Yeah. Like uh, That's the thing. Like I remember they talked about this before the playoffs started with the Rangers, and like, oh, this is going to be a great learning experience for the young guys. No, this is a great learning experience for young players, what Va- uh, Vancouver is doing here, not just playing three games and going home after four days. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely a difference. And the, the one thing I, I was talking about, I think it was with Bobo this week, is the biggest difference, I think, like from this year to next, granted, who knows if next season's going to be the same as right now with the whole bubble and everything else, would be how much experience do you think these guys are getting in the sense of, like, say you're down in a series 3-1, to one, like you, you are the... Lower seed, so you had game four, you lost it. So now you're jumping on a plane, and now you have to go play a road game and like a ruck, like a ruckus arena, like loud and crazy. Like, how much experience do you really think these guys are getting in that sense? Yeah, it's a completely different animal there in terms of kind of perfecting their craft if you will, when they're on a road and in an elimination game or facing elimination and they find a way to win it or they go into an OT and they find a way to pull it out or just like make a good run of it. So it's definitely more of a 
we can hang with these guys type of experience versus a we can handle any situation we find ourselves in uh, type of deal like the Blackhawks went in in uh, 2008, 2009. So it's, I mean, obviously it's going to be helpful. I still don't think it's going to have much carryover into if this was next season and there's fans back in the arenas and it's game seven or game six facing elimination and you're on a road against the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think it's going to have much carryover outside of, hey, we could, we played them last year and we can hang. Uh, I think that's the only carryover. So just like a little bit of reassurance. The, yeah. That other, that road where you got to get on the plane, you know, that arena. Like, yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some differences, but at least you could pull one positive out of it, right? Yeah. So, okay, official prediction. Number of games, who, what do you got? I had the same as you. I got Vegas and six. Okay. Um, Nail the coffin for me there. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we agreed on something, so this is definitely going to go south. Uh, sticking with the other Western match, uh, Western Conference matchup. I can't talk today. It's been a very long day. Um, we have Dallas versus Colorado. Well, I'm sorry. Colorado versus Dallas. want to say it the right way in seeding. Uh, game one was last night. We apologize. You weren't ha- able to have this out before. Dallas currently up one to nothing in the series. We posted our predictions. You had Colorado in seven. Yep. And I had Colorado in six. From yesterday to today, though, we do have a breaking news on it where Grubauer is now currently hurt. So insert Philippe Francoeur. What, what do you think on all that? I think that's very scary right now for the Avalanche. Yeah, I mean. I think the bigger injury is the Eric Johnson situation. So he's not likely playing game two. He got hurt in game three. It looks like he tweaked his knee or his groin, something like that. Um, no idea if he's going to be able to return. Uh, both him and Grubauer, because of NHL's rules, they're just deemed unfit to play. So that doesn't really help much in terms of figuring that out. Um, on the Dallas side, talking about injuries, Ben Bishop is still unfit to play. He hasn't even been practicing, really. So it's going to be Huboden in goal for the foreseeable future. I think I was expecting Bishop to come back to uh, to make it like a real big series. I was contemplating having Dallas pull off the upset. Um, this kind of levels the playing field because I know Cam McCarr is their top guy, especially at, even still at a young age. But Johnson's their best all-around guy at this point still. Losing him for any length of time is going to be a big blow. Um I know Francois played well. Francois has played well. 958 save percentage, I think, uh, so far in the round robin and playoffs. So I don't know how much of a drop-off it's going to be in goal for the Avalanche. I'm just more concerned about next man up on the back end because I know they have a pretty good top three or four, but then you start getting into the next man up mentality, and I don't know what the drop-off will be for them, especially in the playoff series against a hard four-checking grinded out team like Dallas. I had Colorado in seven just because I think this is going to be one of the best series of the second round. I Obviously, I'm going to have to stick with that because you can't change it after injuries happen, but I could see Dallas pulling off this upset. If Johnson misses more than just one game, I could see Dallas winning in six. I went with Colorado, like you said. I mean, Makar has been on fire, but that offense has been insane. Like, they put up seven goals in back-to-back games against the Coyotes, like, yeah. as they were shutting the door. And 
McKinnon, like his first goal that he scored last night, like what a world-class goal. Just taking that thing, wrapping around. Right from the sideboard. Yeah, like coming across your body, shooting at far side. Like Hadobin doesn't even stand a chance there. Um, One other player for them that has just been going, Nazem Kadri. Like what a turnaround. Talk about a guy who needed a new set of scenery. Goes to Colorado. uh, I believe he has a point in every game. He has just been a difference maker for them coming from the guy who's come from Toronto who can't even stay playing in a series because he's suspended all the time. And then he's able to go there and do this. It was like, wow. I, I've always gave Nazem Kadri shit, but I think right now he's turning it on at the right time. And I know he signed up, but if he continues playing like this, he's going to be pricing himself either out of Colorado into a nice extension for them in a couple off-seasons. Agreed, and I mean, he already gets paid pretty good, too, for what his role was in Toronto and then that trade and going over there. I mean, I I definitely thought he was a little overpaid, but talk about earning your worth, and like you said, when that contract ends up, who knows where he might go. Yeah, so I think knowing what we know, if if game one was tonight, and these injuries were known before the series. Would that change your opinion at all? I think the goaltending to me is huge. I just, I still think I'd run with Colorado. I might add an ed- extra game, might put them in seven, but I, mm. this team has been really good, man. It, it's hard to just, just completely turn your back on them. And no disrespect to Dallas. I mean, they're, they're a hard, muck it out, grinded team. They have the stars over there, Ben, Sagan, Radulov, but. Just with how good Colorado was in the round before, I just don't think I could bet against them. Okay. Yeah, and goaltending, I don't know if it's a system. I know guys are talented. This is his first real full year in NHL, but 923 save percentage this year in 34 games. I mean, definitely reassuring. You're not just throwing a bum back there. So, <laughs> um, I think also a intangible that's in the advantage of Colorado Avalanche. I re- was reading on Twitter that Tyson Jose... His mother uh, sent in some home-baked cookies, and it's a hit with the team. So maybe that extra sugar is going to help them out in this series. Hey, you never know. That was like when um, Evgeny Malkin's mother came in from Russia, and she was making him soup, and he came to like a superstar. <laughs> I will say, though, I do love Tyson Jost. What a player. So, all right, we got Vegas. We got Colorado. I guess the – we'll go out east, but – I don't want to. Let's start Tampa Bay Boston because I can't. I still can't get myself to talk about an Islander Flyer series like in any depth. <laughs> uh, all right, you go first. Okay, so Tampa Bay had a tough out against Columbus. Even though it was a five-game series, you had obviously a five OT game. Every game was pretty close. Um, I. Boston comes in, they played poorly in the round robin, they lose to Garask for the remainder of the playoffs, and I know Halak had some moments here or there uh, in the remaining games of the first round, but just kind of not missing a beat. It kind of looks like the Boston of old for the most part. Like, I've seen some games, I don't think they're fully back to where they need to be or where they were before the break, uh, but obviously much, much better, better than they were in the round robin. This game... In the old-school NHL, this could be the Stanley Cup final, to be honest. Uh, the Lightning and the Bruins. I just, like I said in the first round when I picked them to win over Carolina, I think it was in six. Um, 
they're the Patriots of the NHL for me. I keep going with them until I'm proven wrong or until something changes, like Bergeron leaves or Marshawn goes or Pasta leaves. I'm going Boston in seven. I'm very happy that you picked them. I'm going the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I am going Tampa Bay in six. And I, I know the homers going against them. Maybe it's the mojo. He did it in the first round, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't have the faith or believability in this team. And the biggest thing for me is playing a Tampa Bay. Like, Carolina, ooh, with you guys, like, ooh, the Boston Bruins are not the New York Rangers. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning are not the Carolina Hurricanes. And I just feel like our defensive game right now is poor. Like we have had extremely bad decisions. Uh we've been trapped in our D zone a lot. They have killers over there. Like yeah. Kucherov point like those mistakes are gonna end up in the back of our net. Uh our offense, I I've just I don't know. I mean that Bergeron goal to seal it the other day was incredible. The look away, the go, but like I just don't see our offense completely clicking just yet. You got Vasilevsky in the other net. And the other thing is this. Like, Halak came in. He did a good job. I just don't think he's going to be able to sustain the offense that Tampa Bay has put up. Like, that game against Columbus, that 5 OT, like, they made fucking Corpusalo have 86 saves. They got, like, yeah. 87 shots on net. I just, I do not see us withstanding that. And... I know Stamkos is out. I know that's a big thing, but they've done that, all yeah, out for game one. Out for game one, but like they've done all this so far without him. So to me, it's like we can't play a sixty-minute game. It, it, it was evident in that Carolina series. I mean, the first game we dominated. I thought we played a good game. Second game, not so much. And then what was it? Game four. Game four when we ended up getting the three-one lead. Like we played like shit for 40 minutes and then we had one of those miraculous third periods like we've done all year and you know we take the lead and we, and we shove it to them and you know we kind of deflate them a little bit but the fact to me is that we could not take off 40 minutes against tampa bay and then have one of those periods because they're closing the door they're shutting it down vasilevsky's going to shut it down so we're not just going to have a miraculous 20 minutes and then jump ahead of them so that's just one of the biggest deciding factors for me is the consistency of the team. They have gotten better since this Carolina series. Like, they got better throughout the series, but I just think Tampa gives it to us. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a realistic outcome here. I just feel like Tampa Bay always has problems against defensively sound, yeah, that's hard their... forechecking teams, and you guys just have more offensive talent. Um and talent on a back end than Columbus. And if Columbus can bring him a five and it almost won a five OT game, I would have forced it to six. Like with the reputation, I know that doesn't carry far in on the ice at this point, but I just feel like you guys, when push comes to shove, for the most part, find out a way find a way to get it out of the first, second and second round of the playoffs uh year in and year out here. Yeah, and I mean you could reference that too that Hey, it, it is the playoffs. That is Tampa Bay's Achilles heel, where they have to play playoff games and win series because we, we saw what happened last year. But 
they they seem to be uh, a team on a mission. Yeah, and I think the biggest mismatch here is, and you touched on this, is in goal. Like, if it comes down to goaltending, I think Tampa Bay is just going to kind of walk away with this series easily. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if Tuca is in, it is a different look, like, like prediction-wise. Like, who do you go with? Like, I might be more on the fence towards Boston, maybe. That that might be where the homer part comes out. But, yeah, I, I just got to roll with the lightning here. So we'll move on to the worst series in my lifetime. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers against the New York Islanders. I mean, I'm happy for A.V. and Kevin Hayes uh, here, but could I predict a meteor to hit the arena? Like, is that an option for this round? Are meteors allowed to enter the bubble? <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, we'll see about. But so, all right. Putting that aside. I think a lot of people, I saw some predictions. Most people going with the Islanders at, on the athletic. Um, for the most part, I feel like the general consensus is, yeah, the Islanders have a good defensive structure. They, they're very well coached by Trotz, but Philadelphia just has a more free-flowing offensive system. They have a little bit more talent, and Carter Hart is playing unreal, so that gives them the edge. I've seen this before. Plenty of times as a Rangers fan with AV. I know we went to the cut with them, uh, but we've always had trouble putting away teams that play a similar system, a.k.a. the Washington Capitals for four straight years, um, than, that the Islanders play. And for some reason, it's just... I'm going Islanders in six. Because... I think the Flyers still have a lot of young guys in the back end. They're talented. I know Carter Hart's playing well. Um, I think the Islanders are able to shut down the top six um, of the Flyers. And then when it comes down to just who's going to capitalize on a defensive mistake, I don't think the Islanders are going to be the ones making that defensive mistake for the most part. And Varlamov is nothing to sneeze at in goal. So I think Trotz has brought that culture change with him. I think the quote-unquote upset of the Capitals, uh, which I predicted in the last round. I think you did, too. Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, just kind of goes to show that this is a different Islanders organization, and if they're able to keep Barzell, great. If they're able to add on to that for a little bit more offense, look out. I just don't think the Flyers are ready for a team structure like the Islanders have just yet. I agree completely. I have the Islanders in seven, and I'm going to pick them now as the Stanley Cup champions. I love the way they're playing. I, I love their system. They're shutting guys down. They're, they're grinding bitches out, as they would say. They are just playing great hockey. Um, that offense, oh, too. Oh, is can nothing. I ask something really quick? Yeah, have at it. Did you really just predict the Islanders to win a Stanley Cup? I did. To I, my face. I did. I did. Oh, boy. I can't wait for you to go to that parade. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, they can't. They can't win a Stanley Cup, and then Hank never wins one. Like, oh Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Can we? Uh, uh, when I go, I'm I'm making Kev. We're going to Mister Murph's house, and we're just rocking on that train. No sleep till Brooklyn, baby. We're going on a bender, Benny. Let's go. I'll make sure that I'm on vacation somewhere. Wow! Oh, Key West. Here we go. <laughs> but uh, no, I I just think that. They're playing great hockey. Like you said, the defensive structure with them is it. It's 
I don't even know, flawless, impeccable. Like, they completely shut Washington the fuck down. They got their coach fired. They got Washington's coach fired. We, we'll touch on that right after this. But, like, that system Barry Trotz has, that whole team is bought in. Everyone's blocking shots. Anders Lee looks great. Barzell, Brock Nelson, like, down the list. Like, yeah, it, it's it's hard to bet against them right now. They're just playing great hockey. And it, it's not like some guys where, like, you see them go on a roll and you're like, Ah, you know, they got a bounce or two that went their way. Like, no, they're fucking grinding it out. Like, I knew that they would beat the Capitals. I didn't think they'd make it look that easy, though. Yeah, I thought it was going to go minimum six games. Yeah, they just completely... I mean, and even then, Ovi in that game four was the only reason why they made it to game five. Like, just, he had to carry that team, just those two goals to get him there, so... Yeah, I I really like the Islanders, man. I I think a lot of people are going to be surprised. So we have for the conference final out west. Uh, we both have Vegas making it, um, Colorado making it. Both of us there. We agree on the Islanders making a conference final, and we the only disagreement is me going with your Bruins and you going against them again for two straight rounds. So maybe it's just. Kind of trying to keep that mojo going on your end. I was gonna say, I feel like the uh, the Mike Felger now. I remember in 2011, Felger picked against them in every round. Just didn't think they were a good enough team. You know, the uh, Montreal thing. Didn't think they get past Montreal. Philly didn't think they could get past Tampa. Picked Vancouver to beat them. And my best memory of just the, all that in general is Sean Thornton wins the cup. He's being interviewed. And uh, they ask him, like, what's it feel like to be a Stanley Cup? He is at the top. This is the second Stanley Cup. He's at the pinnacle. And he says, well, suck it, Felger. I guess we're not all that bad after all. So to be at that point of you're that much in somebody's head that you've bet against them the whole time, and now that team wants to shove it up your hoop. I mean, as a journalist, that must feel incredible, I guess. Like, I don't know. It's something that... I would always have any intro of my of my show if I was him. Oh, like every day, like that. That that's actually not a bad idea. I might have to send him an email and reference that point. <laughs> but all right, I think it's time to get into the surprise news of the day. We touched on this calendar prediction. The Washington Capitals have fired their head coach Todd Reardon after two seasons. Uh, man in the bench after he was groomed as the heir apparent to Barry Trotz. Um, he went 89-46-16 in two seasons. They won the Metropolitan Division, division of both seasons, and they were also eliminated in the first round of both seasons. Um, thoughts on how surprising this is and what angle do you think they go in terms of the next coach? Well, I was completely shocked. Um, even before Barry Trotz, he was their heir apparent. He was their guy in Hershey. They brought him up. They They wanted him to take over the throne and unfortunately what one of those occasions one of those things um maybe leonsis just thinks that he doesn't have that playoff mojo i mean two years two first round exits with the team that washington has i agree i mean that's unacceptable they're a lot better of a team than that maybe it was just how handedly the islanders beat them that really upset them um, 
I know they had some guys hurt. I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses, but, like, the Islanders picked them apart. And maybe that's just what it was where it, it sucks because I know everyone's under the same circumstances here in the sense of the bubble and the way the tournament happened and started and everything else. And maybe they need a little bit more time to get going, but they just didn't show up at all. So maybe he just... Maybe they just think they need a different voice. Maybe he wasn't able to get the troops rallied to go out there and play. As for which direction they're going, I mean, you know the names that are out there. Laviolette's out there. Gallant's out there. It makes you think that if they're firing him, what, two days after their season's done, they're ready to hire one of them. They have to be. Like, that just has to be the way that they're moving. Like, they're just, they must already have it lined up and... I wouldn't be surprised if Monday we have the announcement. Yeah, McClellan, the GM and president, said, quote, we have an experienced group. We need someone to come in and push some buttons on some players, some good players. I think one thing that happened for us in the bubble is our structure didn't seem to be there. I know individuals were working hard individually, but as a team, uh, our team structure resulted or was in a big case of our performance in Toronto. We're going to need someone that can come in and establish that as a big part of our our identity end quote you know what scares me with, with that first part of what he said we need someone who's going to come in here and push some buttons i i think it sounds like babcock like they say as to how much gallant and laviolette are players coaches like the guys love playing for him but like if if he's saying that the latter part you have to think it's babcock no i mean you, you don't hear that about the other two yeah i mean the you, you hear accountability. You just don't hear fucking, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the takeaway for me is the core is old. Ovechkin is 35. Backstrom is 33. Oshie is 34. Carlson's 31. Uh, Hopi is probably I th- gone. I think if he wants to stay, he could probably stay for like a uh, pay cut, but he's probably gone. So they're not going to be coming in and hiring another first year head coach, not going to be hiring somebody who's up and coming. It's going to be one of those three. And I think it's a great opportunity for any of them. Uh, I know some people mentioned Boudreaux. He's not, Washington's not going to hire Boudreaux. If they do it, it would be just as shocking as them firing uh, Reardon here. Um, my, it does sound like they want somebody like Babcock. My only issue is Babcock wears thin on guys. Big time. And Ovechkin has two years left on his deal. He's won his Stanley Cup. He wants to play in Russia. He wants to represent Russia in the Olympics. If you bring in a guy like Babcock and he pushes quote-unquote buttons, are you running running the risk of pushing Ovi out of town because he's like, I'm not going to keep playing for a guy like this. Not only Ovi. I, I think all of them. I, I just think, like you said, they have an older core in general. So these are guys that have opinions and will have differences with the coach. And I'm not saying they're bad guys. I don't want people to interpret that the wrong way. But, like, as you become a veteran in this league, you know, if a coach calls you out on something, we've seen it before, they shove it up your ass, coach. I mean, we, we might not see it in the papers, but it happens in the locker room. Ask guys. This is normal day-to-day shit. And if you want to bring in a basically a fucking disciplinarian in Babcock, I think him and Ovi might be fucking going at it. And, <laughs> like, obviously, if Ovi does something wrong in a drill, 
you have to call him out, which I don't think any coach in the National Hockey League has a problem with, just because you do have to set that boundary, like, just with everyone, everyone in the room is the same. But, I mean, like, the other way of it, of all the shit that happened in Toronto with, like, could you imagine telling one of the rookies in Washington to write down who was, like, the laziest in practice and he writes down Ovi? Yeah. Like, I just do not see that being a good fit there. Like, if they were younger and they needed structure, maybe. But I want to throw out a wallet card name here. All right. Somebody who's known as kind of a, maybe not a disciplinarian, but he's a strict guy. He coaches team identity. He'll, he's not afraid to get in somebody's face. And he's had some time to recharge his batteries a little bit. Daryl Sutter. I do love Daryl. I, I think he's a, such a character. And, uh, if you talk to some of the guys who have had him as a coach, they love him. Like, he loves that heavy game, which Washington can play. Like, I, I feel like Washington's a team that can be both finesse and a team that can grind you out just because their size, like they're a big team. I don't think that would be a bad hire. I, I think Daryl would do good there. It's just the way he is with the media and communications is that going to be an issue with getting his message across to certain guys? Like, he could be rather blow and muffled and, I don't know, maybe. Like, I don't know. Just, I mean, you threw that name out there, Benny. Is there anyone else you think that could be a surprise hire? Anyone waiting in the wings? Or, I mean, there has to be somebody with experience. Uh, I mean, they're probably going to want to go with somebody who has seen, like, Cup championship on a resume i don't know if there's going to be too many guys available that are going to be like hey i'm just chilling outside of like the big three or four that we've talked about um they'll just they'll pull them out of the hat like i don't see too many guys out there that's going to handle something like this agreed i I think a guy needs experience going into that locker room they'd get eaten alive um one other thing about getting eaten alive we could talk about uh mark andre Fleury's agent with uh perfect timing of a picture yesterday it's a uh, picture that has now been taken down but i'm sure all you hockey people have seen it it's mark andre Fleury making a save with a sword coming through his back coming through the front of him and on the sword blade it says DeBoer for the coach about how uh, mark andre has been backstabbed in vegas woof <laughs> yeah i mean backstab just play better like, I know Flurry has been kind of the face of the franchise uh, since Vegas came into existence. He had a very good first year with them, kind of uneven second year. So, I mean, Leonard's just outplayed him. Like, it's nothing more than that. I know the hockey world and hockey community is big on, you know, he's got you there in the past. Like, show some respect uh, to a guy like that. But to post something like that and make your client a distraction in the middle of the playoffs as their team is playing well it's just a really short-sighted move and Fleury said today he had his agent take it down the agent's Alan Walsh he said Alan's been my agent for a long time I think he's a guy who always cares about his players and does about me also I really appreciate his passion for the game that he has maybe the tweet was a way to defend me in that situation for not playing much but if I'm here to be with my team and have success that's all that matters. Because of that, I have asked him to take the picture down, and he did this morning. That's it. I'm very surprised, too, because Alan Walsh is a 
very big time agent in the National Hockey League and for him to post something kind of like Flurry said at this time and to be a distraction that that's kind of out of his realm that that's not really like it while she's one of those guys who will battle with GMs on the phone but never really throw his client in the middle there so very surprised to see that from Alan Walsh on a personal level myself yeah and I mean I follow him on Twitter and he's always pretty uh sarcastic and feisty uh towards fans and organizations that his players are involved in and it's just like oh there goes there goes Walsh and then when I saw that yesterday I think I saw like two minutes after it was posted and I shared it on our Facebook page I'm like yeah that's an interesting way to get your point across and have your have your guy kind of get alienated from the rest of the organization this summer yeah I mean I guess the only good thing is that it wasn't Flower who posted it. Yeah. So at least on that end, he's probably like, I don't know. I mean, shit. He, Alan Walsh has made a lot of money off of Mark Andre Fleury the last fifteen years. So yeah, I don't how know. That, how'd that conversation go? Do you think? Because I can't see Fleury getting like overly mad ever. So he's probably like, Hey, you mind taking that down? It's kind of causing some problems here. I wonder like who saw it like is that like the vegas pr guy like coming up to flower and he's like hey bud we have an issue or is that the gm calling walshy being like you fucking prick like we're winning games you figured you'd be happy like this could be mark andre Fleury's fourth stanley cup if they win yeah but does it hurt him in the sense that he's only back He's only been in the cage for about one and a half of them. He did the first one in Pittsburgh, and then it was, was it the second of the, it was the third one where they rode him in a series because Murray was hurt, and then when Murray came back, they gave him the starting job. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe he feels tarnished a little bit. I mean, as a fan of the Rangers, a a backup goaltender winning a Stanley Cup is still a Stanley Cup champ, but... I see what you mean there. At that point, you would think they're kind of used to this situation. It's just another time where Flurry. I mean, he's 35 years old. He's getting outplayed by a younger guy who's talented, who's in his free agent year. There's a chance that Flurry's the man again next year because of their salary cap situation. So even though he's not playing now, it's not like they're punting him down the road and going, hey, listen... Like, you're no longer part of our plans. We're going to re-sign Leonard. You can stay as a backup or we're going to buy you out or something else like that. So and that's why I keep going back to the word short-sighted. I just don't get what the point was. Like, Walsh could have just called up the GM and, like, bitched to the GM about his age and about Fleury's playing time and just handle it that way. Like, I feel like that's more customary. Uh, agreed. And, I mean, usually this time of the year, you don't hear any of that. You know, like... Usually the playoffs, everyone's tight-lipped, and it's let's go win a cup, not let's post a picture. Yeah. <laughs> any uh, any NHL history today? Uh, just two birthdays. We got Glenn Healy, born in 1962, and ravishing Ray Ferraro, born in 1964. So happy birthday to those two uh, analysts north of the border. I do love me some Ray Ferraro. Uh, Is, you think they can get him to replace uh, Mike Milbury? I, th- I think they could. I just think that he's wrapped up in TSN, that he already has a very good contract, that he's not leaving. 
show. Um, Here to go for shout outs. Shout outs this week. I have, I now have a three year old. Uh, Emma turned three mm. this week. Um, it's actually Sierra's birthday today, so she's officially in a quarter life crisis. Twenty five. Um. Yeah, that, that's all I got. I, I got nothing. It's been a nice, quiet week. No, no problems here, pal. What about you? Uh, same here. Uh, back injuries finally loosened up a little bit, so me and a first lady went uh, outdoors this weekend. Um, we're leaving for Key West in eight days, eight or nine days. So very much looking forward to plopping my ass down in some warm Florida. Uh, Gulf water, drinking a pina colada, and sitting in the sun. And, and when do you leave for Florida? Uh, September 2nd at like 6 a.m. Oh, wake up. Wake up, Jacob, yeah. early in the morning. <laughs> and then uh, we come back that Sunday. All right, so just a week away. Yep. All right. Well, everybody, as always, thank you for listening. And hopefully this week we will give you a uh, mid-series synopsis as to what's going on. And we will catch everybody then for another action jam-packed episode of Dos Cinco Diez. Bye-bye.